Hey, what's up, everybody? The greatest show on earth coming to you live from the Sweet View Studios. I'm your host, Quentin. Today is, well, it's almost March 9th. It's just about midnight, and I'm recording a podcast. I haven't recorded actually like in six weeks because my wife and I just had our first kid, so it's been super fun. I um, I don't sleep anymore, which is really exciting because it's like I'm so sleep deprived. It's like doing drugs. Like I feel like I'm higher drunk all the time. Like that's how sleep deprived I am. Like I say the weirdest things. It's wild. Like I be- I truly believe there's a point to where like you might be tired, but then like you continue not to sleep like a meth addict who loves shopping at Walmart and cruises around in the automatic wheelchairs where like you just hit another level of power and it's just like I don't need sleep ever it is wild so I'm a little loopy right now so what's up (laughs) what's up everybody listen though it's interesting man it's great honestly having a baby I think is the best thing that's ever happened to me man it puts everything in perspective I my life was so easy before like (laughs) And now it's so hard. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Like, I'm happy for the kid, but she's sort of like making things rough on me. (laughs) No, it's amazing having a child, man. Like, I feel like I learned so much love, dude. I've never loved anything in my whole entire life. And really, like, I'm excited to do things with her. Like, we've already watched Field of Dreams. She's today actually is her six week birthday. So she's six weeks old and we've already watched Field of Dreams. And like, I think that you sort of have to do that as being a parent, right? Like I think doing things with your kids is huge. And I just can't wait to get this kid, you know, involved in things that I do. Like I obviously want her to do her own thing, but I like, I want her to be a part of my world, man. I want her to, uh, like be my sidekick, dude. And like when she's old enough to come in the podcast studio and talk baseball or help produce it or like cut and edit video, like I think it's going to be so fun. But we've already watched Field of Dreams. We've uh, watched a pretty good amount of spring training baseball. She's seen a lot of the Astros getting booed at every spring training game they go to, which is crazy vicious right now. The Astros played the Mets today. And I think it was... I don't know what inning it was because I caught it sort of going back and forth. And Carlos, or shoot, sorry, George Springer was batting leadoff and then Michael Brantley was second and they both struck out and both got booed severely coming to the box and then got cheered after they struck out. Like it was like they, the cheers were so loud from the audience. It was like everybody in the audience won the lottery. Like I felt, I felt bad for the guys, but you can sort of tell that George Springer was getting pissed, man. And I think I'd initially talked about, because I haven't recorded a podcast like in six weeks or, yeah, about six weeks. I recorded like the day before my daughter was born. And I sort of thought, I was like, man, the Astros, like they're going to have a chip on their shoulder and really like kick ass. But man, like watching Brantley and George Springer today, like it looks like it's weighing on him, man. Alex Bregman was batting today. Because um, they were playing the Mets, and it was at the Mets spring training facility. And there was a guy yelled from the stands, clear as day, give your ring back. And, I mean, these guys right now seem to be a shell of themselves. Justin Verlander's already, like, he got pulled in the second inning today with, like, a sore tricep. Like, that's not good. And I think a lot of, like, when you get stressed out, you, your body's going to release more cortisol, and that stress could fatigue you and cause injuries and like I wouldn't be surprised if like guys get injured over this like that sounds crazy but your mental mindset I think is so powerful in that 
But so yeah, me and my daughter have watched a lot of that as well. I don't know though. Back to my daughter. This podcast is gonna be all over the place, so my apologies ahead of time. Uh, I can't drink enough coffee. I don't even drink coffee anymore. I just drink straight espresso. Like I literally make a pot of espresso and I just chug it, bro. Like it's crazy. Um, but I don't know if I want to tell my daughter about the Chicago Cubs because they'll break your heart. Like I'm at the point now where am I being a reckless dad if I introduce my daughter to the Chicago Cubs? Cause like, I don't want her to get sad and think life is meaningless and become an alcoholic. Like those are problems. And those are all things associated with being a Cubs fan. Like maybe I should just have her be a Yankees fan. Like my wife is from Long Island. The Yankees have won like 27 titles and somehow might be cursed because everyone's getting injured now. Judge and Stanton are not going to be available for opening day. Judge might have to have surgery on his freaking rib, bro. Aaron Judge has a fractured rib. I'm like, what you do in the offseason, man? Fight MMA? Holy crap. Um, but like maybe I should have my daughter be like, it hurts when you say, like, do I have her be a Cardinals fan? Like maybe like an Oakland Athletics fan because there's a lot of hope there. The Rays, there's always a lot of hope because I feel like the Rays and Athletics are like really good teams. But like when you're a Cubs fan, it's like playing Mortal Kombat and Kano rips your heart out. But it's a little more literal than that because it's real life. But I, I don't know if I can put her through it, man. I don't also want her to think her dad's a loser. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm thinking in my head, though, like, well, that we'll have to figure that out. But, like, what do I tell my daughter, though, about baseball? Like, when she's two and three years old and can retain information, you know, I feel like I have to really sort of tell her, like, big things in baseball, right? Like, I have to show her. Nolan Ryan beating up Robin Ventura. Like, I think that's huge. Like, my daughter has to know who Nolan Ryan is and has to know the old man's strength of Nolan Ryan and also the fact that Nolan Ryan, like, probably threw a 109-mile-an-hour fastball. She has to see that Texas beatdown, 100%. But, like, I also have to show her Bo Jackson and how he broke baseball bats over his head, uh, ran up the outfield wall, jumped over a Volkswagen, played football, ran over Brian Bosworth, like, did all of this crazy stuff hit bomb home runs, the one during the All-Star game. Like, there's just so much, and I'm so excited for it. I think it's going to be great, dude. I can't wait to take her to baseball games. Like, this is going to be so fun. Um, I'm pumped for it for sure, uh, but I can tell you this right now. I mean, I will tell her about Cal Ripken and his 2,132 games played or whatever because, like, because like that's a huge story for one but two like I sort of feel like I'm the Cal Ripken of diapers because I'm pretty sure I'm on pace to change 2,000 diapers before she turns six months old because this kid poops like Harry off dumb and dumber man it just it's like the Niagara Falls of poop man but apparently the more it's healthy for a newborn to poop man it's good solid dumps and you know I never thought that there would be a time in my life where my day would revolve around poop. Like I need, I got to wake up and walk the dog. I need the dog to poop. So I'm always checking to see like, Hey dog, do you have to poop? His name's Brody. And then my daughter, her name's Emerson. And I'm like, Emerson, do you have to poop? I got to check if you have to poop. Right. And when Emerson poops or when Brody poops, I get so excited. Like, I've never been so excited over a bowel movement. I mean, I'm kind of excited when I poop because I'm barely eating at this point because we're always taking care of the kids. Like, me and my wife both forget to eat. And when I feel a rumble in my stomach, it signifies that I finally had time to eat and I got a good meal, right? 
I shower like every third day. It's really good stuff. If you're not a parent, you should be a parent. Um, gosh, where else do I go with this? What else do I want to talk about? Um, I, honest to God, right now, I think I froze up. I could get into some baseball events, I think. What was I talking about? I was talking about changing diapers. Oh, I was talking about my day revolving around poop. Yeah, super interesting. Um, we're changing diapers, man. And I really said like four or five podcasts ago that I was going to like like do a Fast and the Furious thing and rob a semi-truck full of diapers. Totally on board with that, right? I don't even need to work for cash anymore. I'll just work for diaper money. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. And if I've not already been too immature, and this when so my daughter, I like if I unswaddle her, she will stretch so cute, and she holds her arms over her head and her legs out and does these big stretches, and she farts so loud. It sounds like an old truck backfiring on the farm. It's the best ever. Now, I promise we'll stop talking about bowel movements, and we'll actually get into some baseball stuff. Let's see what the current news is because I barely kept up with it. So this is us together trying to figure out what the hell's going on in baseball. Okay, let's keep this thing going. Listen, so there was the proposal. Now I'm about probably four weeks late on talking about this, but the proposal for the new playoff format, right? So this will propose like two extra wildcard teams per league, right? So you would have um, expanded playoffs, right? So I think this past season, the in the National League, the Mets and the Brewers would have made the playoffs in the National League. And then the American League would have been the Red Sox would have made the postseason. And honestly, I, I, I can't think of the other team. It was the Red Sox and somebody else. What other divisions are there? There's the division that the Astros are in. Then there's like the Central, the Indians. There it is, the Indians. Okay. So we would have had, so what I'm trying to tell you is this, for the playoff proposal, which won't be this season, but Major League Baseball, they're like, hey, we want to expand the playoffs because we think we want to make baseball more meaningful, right? And that I'm 100% in on because at 162 games a year, listen, when you turn on the TV and it's like a White Sox-Tigers game in the middle of July, I've already been drinking for four months because the Cubs are like at 500 at best, right? I need something to live for. Like I need something to just sort of get me going, right? And like that game's just, you know, a a Tigers-White Sox game with like uh, you know, the Tigers like losing 115 games a year, right? That's not an interesting game to me, right? But now here's here's the situation, right? So I think Major League Baseball gets that. And they're like, man, we got a long season. And we would like more meaningful baseball because I will tell you this. I think October baseball is the best playoff sports in North America to watch. Like one of my favorite, my favorite baseball game that I've watched in probably the last 10 years isn't the Cubs winning the World Series, that game seven. It's the 2015 wild card game with the Cubs and the Pirates. It was Garrett Cole versus Jake Arrieta, and I loved that game, dude. It was so intense. And then after that, it was the National League Division Series where they went to play the Cardinals, man, and I loved it, dude. And if you can capture more meaningful baseball, dude, it would be so good because it means so much, right? So Major League Baseball is like, hey, let's get us four extra teams, four extra postseason teams, right? And that's this proposal that might happen in the next few years. And what that would mean if we were to take those rules 
and apply it to 2018 season, or excuse me, the 2019 season that we just had, you would have uh, the Mets and the Brewers in the playoffs, and then the Indians and the Red Sox in the playoffs, right? So that's huge. It's huge for one reason, that if you're a fan of those teams, obviously that's great because your teams get in the postseason. But here's the thing. If there are four extra playoff spots, right, that's going to get not only the fans of the teams that actually make it to the postseason, but then the teams that are competing for those spots, right? There's going to be more excitement by that. So if you were to turn on like a White Sox-Tigers game, or hell, listen, last season, if you were literally to turn on a Red Sox-Mets game, it's like, nah, whatever. Neither of those teams are playoff teams. But now if you had turned on a Red Sox-Mets game or a Mets-Brewers game, like that would have playoff implications. And even if either one of those teams ain't your favorite team to watch, dude, meaningful October baseball, like meaningful October baseball starts in July, dude. And what we're sort of getting into right now with the tanking culture of Major League Baseball, which makes perfect sense. Like my Chicago Cubs never win a World Series if they don't get their tank on. The Kansas City Royals likewise, you know. Um, there were like I think it was maybe maybe three or four years ago, the Tampa Bay Rays, well, I don't know if that's a good example actually, because the Rays always have lean years. They just maybe clean house and they just play so smart. I don't know how it works, but like the Astros, which nobody likes the Astros, but all I'm saying is there are logical reasons to tank right, for lack of a better term, to sort of do the rebuild and build up your farm system, right? Young players, one, they're exciting, so it brings fans out to the park. Just look at the Atlanta Braves, right? The Atlanta Braves had some lean years, and now they're spending money. Uh, Speaking of the Braves, they just signed Felix Hernandez. Obviously, Felix Hernandez is having a great spring training. I've seen his stuff, and it looks filthy, but just look at the Braves right now, and the young studs they have, Ozzie Albies, They've got Ronald Acuna Jr., all this young pitching, like Mike Fultonevich. Dude, like, there's some good stuff happening over there. There are younger players that, like, I can't even think of. Like, Austin Riley's one of the guys they have. They've got Max Freed. Um, anything else, like, I can't think of at the moment. But all I'm trying to tell you is, like, the Braves have some young stars, and a lot of that is attributed to, like, the full rebuild, right? And if you were to have more playoff spots, one, those rebuilds, right, you could push the accelerator on those rebuilds a little quicker, right? Absolutely. Or like those rebuilding teams and their young studs, they could, uh, you know, participate in the postseason or at least that postseason race a little quicker, right? But number two, it would, I believe, encourage teams to stick with their core just a little bit longer, right? Like Mookie Betts just got shipped out of town, right? And a lot of Mookie Betts getting shipped out of town, I believe definitely was obviously the luxury tax, right? The owners, they wanted to reset their situation. But one of the things with it was the underperformance of the Red Sox last year, right? The Red Sox don't play good. Then Mookie's going into like his last year. And it's like, listen, we weren't a playoff team last year. This year's probably going to be a little worse. We don't really know. So let's get rid of Mookie Betts because since our team is in decline, let's just get rid of Mookie, right? But listen, if the Red Sox were a playoff team in 2019, in Major League Baseball, if you can get in the playoffs, anything can happen, right? So the, the Red Sox could have easily, under the proposed new playoff structure, found themselves in the postseason, and hell, they could have made the ALCS. And if that happens, they don't trade Mookie Betts, right? And 
I think that's a good example of teams staying in the race a little bit longer with their core, right? And it's that sort of thing that I dig. I really like that. So if you can sort of I think that sort of shows that the competition would be upgraded. Then, therefore, you're just creating greater playoff baseball, right? And more opportunities to get to the postseason creates more meaningful baseball. Because when you have a game, a season that's 162 games, that's a hard thing to keep track of. And a lot of that has to do with, I've always felt 162 games is a lot more difficult to digest in our culture today because folks in the United States work more than ever. And, you know, we're not home as much. And, you know, we have families. And a lot of those families now, those households, both parents work. So it's not like the one spouse is like going to work and the other one's staying home and watching the kids. Then when they get off work, everything's all peaches and cream and dinner's made. That's not the case. You know, both men and women are succeeding in the workplace, right? And that makes things a little more busier you know, in the evening. So it's like when my life is so busy and I have to start cutting things off, well, I'm going to cut off some July and August baseball because I got my fix on opening day in the first month of the season. So talk to me in October, man, because that's just what it is. There are so many baseball teams and so many games. And so that's why I figure, hey, if you have more playoff teams, you know, when July comes, if I've got a choice of, um, I don't know, watching my kid or watching baseball, hey, you know, I might uh, tell my kid, hey, it's 8 o'clock, you need to go to bed. (laughs) Just lock him in his room. No, don't lock your kids in your room. That's a total joke right there. Um, But you may give your kids Cheerios for dinner or Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you know? Like, hey, kids, sorry, we're not um, making, you know, lasagna tonight. We're going to have fish sticks and tartar sauce. And then for dessert, you can have Cinnamon Toast Crunch, right? Because we have a baseball game to watch. Priorities, my man. But also, dude, I think one of the exciting things, one of the, I guess, what some people would say drawbacks, but one of the conversations around expanding the playoff situation would be you would be allowing teams to get in the postseason that were much closer to a 500 record, right? So, for example, I'm wanting to say the New York Mets were closer to 500. The Boston Red Sox were as well, right? So some people think that maybe the integrity of the situation could be a little ruined because you've got teams that might come into the postseason at like five games above 500, right? Well, my sort of answer to that is, well, if those teams are only four games above 500 and they suck— and you don't want to see him go to the postseason, then what difference does it really make? Because if they make it to the postseason, if they suck as bad as you think they do, then they're just going to get their butts kicked anyway by the Yankees, right? So really, what difference does it make? But no, that might not happen, man. Because what can happen in a 162-game season is guys can get right. You know what I mean? Uh, Pitchers can maybe get past some injuries and really find their zone. A 162-game season could have like four different seasons in it, you know, because teams develop. You know, a lot of dudes, may, a lot of pitchers and hitters, like, might start the season, like, in a huge slump, and they got to figure themselves out. And then they have, like, a huge second half, but they might be hindered by their first half. So you might look at a team. It's five games above 500, and you look at it overall, and you're like, hey, you know, they may suck, but teams that have, like, a blast on a second half, then you get, like, that little Cinderella story, and then you run into the postseason, and you might see, like, I don't know, a New York Mets team facing, like, a dominant 
L.A. Dodgers team, and then you run into the Cinderella team, and maybe it just so happened that the Mets got themselves right in the second half by key additions. And that also, because if you have additional playoff spots, that would encourage more trade deadline transactions, which is super exciting. And then that gives a chance for a team to like sign to trade for a player at the trade deadline and that person possibly dominate, a la CC ba- Sabathia for the Brewers like in 05 or something like that where he pitches the back half for the Brewers and fucking does, oh, I just cussed. I didn't mean to drop an F-bomb. Uh, just has a phenomenal second half with the Brewers, right? So then not only have you created like a Cinderella story with a team, but you've created an opportunity to put a really good player in a position to win, and they're sort of elevated to like this elite status because on the rare occasion that a player carries their baseball team, it is a beautiful thing and ultimately so exciting to watch, and it's memorable. You'll remember it, and it'll be a great October run getting up to that point, man. So if you were to ask me, Quentin, what do you think of the expanded playoff structure? I say do it. I like it, man. And I know there would be so many teams hitting in the postseason, and maybe there would be, I don't know, 16 teams in the postseason, and there might only be like 32 in the league, but I'm fine with that, man. You know, I know the NBA has a lot of teams that can go to the postseason, and some folks don't like that, and they say, well, we don't really want that for baseball. But I do, man. I would love it. Like, more teams in there, man. I would love more teams to stay in the run, quicker tanks, holding on to the cores longer. I won't talk more about it, but I dig it. Now, one of the other things with the playoff structure is apparently teams would get to pick their opponents on live TV, which is, oh, my God, could be so embarrassing, right? Like, you you know, like when you're in grade school, and you guys are kicking, you guys are picking your kickball teams. Like, you don't want to be kicked last. Like, you know, they will, that's bad. You know, when you're on the blacktop stretching on the monkey bars and you get picked next to last for kickball, you're not really feeling that good. You know what I mean? Because you've been practicing kickball in the backyard and you had, you know, two things of chocolate milk and two fruit roll ups on lunch break. So your sugar's really high. You're super hyped up because you're eight years old and just had two fruit roll-ups and two things of chocolate milk because you found some extra quarters in the washing machine and took them to school so you could really do some extra buying at lunch and then you get picked last, right? So I think it would be so badass because could you imagine, like in the National League, last year the uh, the Dodgers were the number one seed. So they, I think, would get to pick a wild card team to play, right? And I, I don't know if the number one seed actually would get to pick a wild card team but let's pretend it would either be the Dodgers or the Braves right because those were like the one and two seeds so let, we'll use the Dodgers right I'll stop ranting so the Dodgers the Dodgers are the number one seed dude and they get to pick who they want to play first round of the playoffs they're going to pick one of those wild card teams right and it's sort of like who do uh, who do we pick right so the Dodgers are obviously going to want to pick the easiest team to play the Braves they're going to want to pick the easiest wild card team to play because I think your one and two seeds pick one of the wild card teams. They pick their opponent, right? And they just are going to be like, I want to pick the weakest team. So on national live TV, the LA Dodgers are going to pick the team they think is the weakest and the easiest to beat. So could you imagine the Dodgers on live TV saying, 
you know what? Let's play the Mets because we think they're the weakest and they'll be the easiest team to beat. And then the Mets are like super pissed because now they have a chip on their shoulder and you're like, oh, you want, you think you can beat us, man? Like, you want to come at me, bro? Like, what's up? What's up? Like, I'm not afraid to go back to jail. I got my ankle bracelet on, but the cops can't catch me. Like, what up? You know? And that would just be like this huge, like, beef all of a sudden, bro. Like, they'd be beefing, dude. And. I think that would be so wild because then you would go into the game and there would be like automatically bad blood because when you pick your weakest opponent on live TV, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're coming to the stadium and we know that you think that we're the weakest team you could have played. There's immediate beef right there, bro. You know, hitter goes into the batter's box facing the pitcher for the Dodgers and you know that pitcher thinks you suck because I got on live TV and said, hey, they suck the most. I want to play them, right? So I love that too. And a lot of baseball purists, baseball folks are like, that's tacky. Like, that's so tacky. You can't get on TV and pick your opponents. There was the terminology floating around by Joel Sherman that was like, it's some sort of reality show format. And I'm like, it's not a reality show format. Like, no one's drunk in a hot tub barfing out the side of it. This is simply a live selection show. This isn't the Kardashians. Like, don't do that. Use your words wisely, man. And... I say to like those baseball peers, bro, let's just have fun. And like, I think this would be great, dude, because ultimately like what's baseball need more of storylines, right? This off season has been so exciting because of storylines, every spring training game that the Astros play, they get booed mercilessly right now. There's so much beef and bad blood. Players are calling out the Astros players. We've got a huge storyline. And to be honest with you, when opening day comes, every away game that the Astros play, I want to watch it. There's a huge story right now. I mean, you know when, like, Mike Trout is speaking out saying that he lost respect for Astros players? Yo, Mike Trout doesn't say anything. He's a pretty reserved, quiet guy. He's low-key Chris Bryant, even. Like, Chris Bryant's basically the National League Mike Trout. Just a good guy, puts up stellar numbers, and it's just like, whatever. I mean, Chris Bryant obviously doesn't put out Mike Trout numbers, but you, you see what I'm saying? They're sort of similar players, and especially personality-wise, and even Chris Bryant's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, they should have had their World Series stripped. Uh, you know, they cheated in 2017, and it's bad for the game, and maybe I lost respect for him too, or whatever Bryant said. And it's like, bro, you know when you got quiet, reserved guys like this who are speaking in their mind, it's like, bro, we got a good storyline right here. And I'm all about the storyline, man. Tell me the story and tell it to me better. I don't want the same thing, man. Change is exciting. Like, let's do it. And to be honest with you, I don't really know, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but I'm not 100% sure what a baseball purist would be losing, by enacting this rule, like the, the gameplay itself isn't going to change. They're just going to be more playoff teams. And I'll say it again. If you're a little upset because a team's going to come in that's, I don't know, 82 and 80. And you're like, they don't deserve to be in the postseason. They suck. Well, then what difference does it make? They're just going to lose anyway. And you get to watch more October baseball. I don't know what to tell you. And if the 82 and 80 team beats a 103 win Dodgers team, well, guess what? That team that was 82 and 80 was probably on a second half run anyway. And because a major league baseball season is so long, that 82 and 80 record might not 
accurately reflect who that team actually is in this moment, right? Because like I said, the teams might get folks back from injuries. Pitchers and hitters might really be dialed in like, let's get on this run, right? It's like getting in a fight, right? Like if you were to physically get in a fight on the playground and let's say for like the first 10 minutes, uh-oh, hold on, cancel. Let's say that you get in a fight on the playground, right? Let's say like somebody like stole your Snickers bar or maybe like bumped your bike on the bike rack, right? And said like, hey, your bike's got weird pegs on it, dude. And you get in a fight on the playground. And let's say for the first minute, like you're getting beat up, right? Then the last 15 seconds, like you start beating the kid up. And then the fight separated, right? Who won that fight? The guy that was winning at the end, right? So that's why I'm like, if the season's coming to an end and you're at your best and you're playing out of your mind great baseball, the second half of the season or maybe even just the last two months of the season, that team that's on such a good roll and they finished the year at 82 and 80, you're telling me that they don't deserve to be in the postseason when they're on fire in this very moment? I don't think that's accurate at all. I think they do because you're at that point getting a team that's playing really good and then when October 1st comes around, they just have to pack up and go home. Like, I think that's doing me an injustice because I want to see that team continue to play. And when it stopped because they couldn't get their stuff together, like, I get it. Maybe they sucked at the beginning of the year. But a 162-game season, call it what it is. It's a very difficult season. And it's so long people can get hurt, healed, hurt, and then healed again, right? Like, it's just that long. It's in half the year, like it's so wild. So all the rule changes, I'm totally on board with. I dig it, man. Postseason changes, expand it, and let's get to it. All right, other stuff I think I'm excited to watch. Tomorrow, the Chicago White Sox are pitching, or Tuesday, Tuesday, the Chicago White Sox, which by the time I get this uploaded, it might actually be tomorrow. Michael Kopech fireballer for the White Sox. He can throw 110 miles per hour with a few steps ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, there's a video of Michael Kopech online. He's like doing like this max velocity training and he's sort of like making like an outfield throw like Bo Jackson and just throwing it into a net and throws like 110 miles an hour, right? But so Michael Kopech's a fast thrower. He can routinely hit 100, but he missed all of 2019. He actually hasn't pitched since 2018 because he had Tommy John surgery, right? This is a guy that the White Sox got in the Chris Sale trade, right? And he's uh, he's one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. He's going to pitch in a spring training game on Tuesday. He's going to throw an inning. He's going to be a really exciting guy to watch for the Chicago White Sox. Um, he's coming into it. He was um, definitely a big-time fastball guy. Now, I think his fastball is still going to be there, but he said that since Tommy John surgery, he's learned a lot to uh, not just throw a baseball, but to actually pitch, right? So... Um, someone you want to watch for the 2020 season. I think Michael Kopech's one of the guys, man. This is going to be, you know, in the past couple seasons, we've seen guys like Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller, Max Freed, really sort of, um, I, I mean, I think Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller are like the two newest best pitchers in baseball right now. And Michael Kopech might actually be the, uh, the third musketeer in that whole situation. And we might see him really... Uh, you know, blossom into a uh, top-tier Major League Baseball pitcher right now. And really, Michael Kopech sort of, I think there's a lot of hype behind him, and you should watch him. And I think really Kopech is pretty representative of the Chicago White Sox as a whole. And, you know, they have a really exciting team right now, and they're 
you know, with their pitching, you know, you're running um, Lucas Giolito, who had a phenomenal earned run average last year. Michael Kopech coming back. Dylan Cease is a guy that came over from the Chicago Cubs. So those are three pitchers right there that, you know, are definitely worth watching. And then, of course, the White Sox added Dallas Keuchel for, uh, you know, to make up that veteran presence right there. You know, a guy like Dallas Keuchel has been to a World Series before. He's played in a lot of meaningful baseball games. He threw the 20... 15 wild card game, Astros Yankees. So he's been in some high pressure situations and he'll be a good guy in that clubhouse for Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito getting up in there, right? So when you look at those four pitchers for the Chicago White Sox, you're like, that's damn good rotation, right? If those four guys perform pretty well, uh, I mean, it's going to be good things happen, right? But also with the lineup of the Chicago White Sox, you know, guys like Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Luis Robert, Elor Jimenez are going to be sort of like Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. A phenomenal shake-and-bake one-two punch. Young rookies right there. I mean, it's going to be huge. Also, the White Sox signed Yasmani Grandal. I mean, listen, the, the Minnesota Twins won like 103 games last year and hit like 300-something home runs. I do not think that the Minnesota Twins are a lock to win the AL Central. I think... If you're looking to watch a baseball game and maybe your team's not playing or maybe, you know, they played earlier in the day or something like that, tune into a White Sox game this year. I think you're going to see a lot of good stuff. I think you're going to see a lot of exciting baseball. Tim Anderson is a phenomenal player to watch. Luis Robert is apparently, he's the number three prospect in all of baseball, and he's he could damn well be one of the best players that... We end up seeing by the end of this season, folks may look at Luis Robert and be like, damn, that is one hell of a baseball player. Um, you know, I think Luis Robert, you could sort of put him into the mix of like, do you remember just a second ago where I compared Michael Kopech to Walker Bueller and Jack Flaherty? Well, you might sort of take Luis Robert and put him in like that Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr. category where you got these young guys that play dynamic baseball, speed, power, batting average, intelligence, like good fielding, both sides of the ball playing really well. And Luis Robert might be that guy. So he's going to be a really exciting guy to watch. Tim Anderson, I love. I think Tim Anderson is an absolute blast to watch. Jose Abreu drove in like 121 runs last year. Jose Abreu, low-key is he's a he's a quiet guy you know a lot of his mannerisms will sort of remind you of Albert Pujols but he's a huge leader in that clubhouse and is one of the main reasons why the White Sox even got Luis Robert from Cuba because Jose Abreu's a Cuba guy so he's always vouched for the White Sox system and it seems that the White Sox run a really good baseball team sort of maybe well the opposite of the Houston Astros do where I think like the White Sox are just really good dudes um, that, that's going to be fun to watch man but I also Another situation that I think is going to be fun to watch where if uh, you've watched a few White Sox games and you're like, well, I want to watch like another team too. I would, I think it's going to be really fun to keep your eye on the American League West with the Houston Astros, right? Like I sort of said earlier on this podcast, I I think at first I thought that the Astros were going to have a chip on their shoulder and play out of their minds, but now I think they're just damn frustrated. And I do not think they're feeling good about this situation. You know, yesterday I was watching Michael Brantley and George Springer get booed, and they look like they were tired, beat down, beat to pieces, completely frustrated. Alex Bregman the same way, just the boos and all of this sort of stuff, right? And what I'm interested in is what how the 
I think you could see a really tight division race this year in the American League West between the Houston Astros and the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics, uh, they lost Homer Bailey and Tanner Roark, but they've got a healthy Sean Manaya this season who could be a number one Cy Young candidate type pitcher, right? So I do believe that the Oakland Athletics are better this year. I believe that the Houston Astros are worse this year. Justin Verlander is a little tweaked up on his lat, so like that's a little weird. So there's basically there's an opening right now, and I do believe teams like the Oakland Athletics who probably feel like they've you know been sort of done wrong by the Houston Astros because I think the past two seasons the Oakland Athletics have won like 97 games and they get stuck playing a wild card game. Right, and they lost them both. They lost to the Tampa Bay Rays this past season, and then the year before they lost to the New York Yankees. Right, and when you find out you're in a division with a team that's won 103 games like three years in a row, but they've been banging on trash cans and cheating, you're gonna be super pissed about that. And I actually think that, and the Oakland Athletics are phenomenal without the added motivation of having your division rival cheat, but this season, I think it'd be a whole new level for them, and I think if you want to keep an eye on something else, another good storyline in baseball, I think it's the athletics and the Astros, right, how that goes. Dude, Marcus Simeon was an MVP candidate last year. He bats lead off for the Oakland Athletics. Super fun dude to watch, man. You got guys like Mark Canna, Matt Chapman, the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball. Who'd I say Mark Canna... Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, he's the first baseman over there. Dude, stellar dude. Uh, they have R- R- Laser Ramon Loriano, who's one of the best center fielders in all of baseball, whose bat really came around last year. And Liam Hendricks, who was their closer last year. Dude, keep an eye on that AOS. Like, you'll have fun watching it. I promise you that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to end the show right now. So, um, Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate you tuning into it. Um, I hadn't recorded in six weeks, but it's good to get back onto the mic. And hopefully from this point, I can start back on that once a week schedule and get everything going and just talk some baseball. I'm super excited. I think we're like 20 days away from opening day. I cannot wait. I think one of the most beautiful, joyful times of the entire year is when spring rolls around and we get to watch baseball. Man, I just love it, right? Like, doesn't it give you that feeling where... Like, I can't explain it, but you feel a certain way on the inside where, like, the weather changes. We're in daylight savings time now, and it's just, like, baseball's here, man. Like, the green grass, the hot dogs, like, the cool evenings, just, like, sitting at home watching baseball, going to the ballpark. Like, it's back, and it feels so good. So let's do it. So hopefully I'll see you guys next week. I'll record on hopefully this weekend. But until then, thanks for listening. And until next time, have a good week. You just listened to The Greatest Show on Dirt. This is Quentin signing off. Until next time, guys, catch you later. Thanks.